Hey Moonies, welcome to the Sailor Moon Fan Club podcast. I'm your host, Victoria L. Johnson. I'm here with Marissa Meyer, best-selling author of the Lunar Chronicles, Heartless, and the Renegades trilogy, and host of the Happy Writer podcast, where she interviews fellow authors about their work, and they discuss writing tips, book recommendations, and finding joy in writing in life. She also has a new book coming out, Gilded, which is a haunting retelling of Rumpelstiltskin. I am super excited to talk to her. Hi, Marissa. Hello, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on the Sailor Moon fan club. <laughs> I am so excited. When my publicist emailed me about this, I was like, yes, sign me up immediately. <laughs> I love to hear that so much. <laughs> um, well, you obviously love Sailor Moon. First question I ask everyone is, what is your first memory of watching Sailor Moon? Um. Okay, I... My very, very first memory, I must have been maybe 10 years old-ish, somewhere in that ballpark, and it was before school, and it used to run on, I want to say Cartoon Network, but it might have been a different channel, and I was just sitting down, bored, not ready to go to school yet, and turned it on, and it was the episode where Jadeite dies or gets crystallized or whatever happens to him. And I'm watching this episode and I'm just enthralled and like, wow, this bad guy is really dreamy. And then he gets killed at the end of it. And I was so annoyed and frustrated. I was like, well, I don't like that show. I'm never watching it again. (laughs) Um, And so then I didn't watch it again for a couple of years um, until I think I was in sixth or maybe early in seventh grade and met my best friend who is still my best friend to this day. And she was really into Sailor Moon. And so then she told me about it and she was like, you have to watch it. And I sat down and started watching it from the beginning and absolutely fell in love from there. Oh, man, that's awesome. Uh, First, I love that you guys are still best friends. (laughs) I know, it's a very rare thing these days. (laughs) Yeah, that's so awesome. And it's like somewhat rooted, well, not rooted in Sailor Moon, but there's like some Sailor Moon origins there. Oh, definitely. No, we bonded completely over Sailor Moon and anime and manga. You know, that was how we spent our teen years. Yeah, that is really funny, too, because I think most other cartoons around that time or shows or anime that we're watching, like villains kind of stay on, like villains don't really die. So I I, I could see how that would like throw me off if I'm watching it. It's like, oh, okay, this new character is like, oh, okay, now he's dead. (laughs) and obviously once you start from the beginning like Jedi Mm -hmm. gets a fair amount of airtime. he wasn't just a one-off but I didn't know that at the Mm -hmm. time yeah you just caught that one episode (laughs) yeah and then well so then once I started watching it from the beginning I was like Mm -hmm. oh tuxedo mask now he is dreamy um so there was there was lots of reasons to stay involved (laughs) definitely yeah and I I especially like Jedi's um radio talk show I always felt like it's like, okay, I get it. <laughs> yes. Oh, completely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, super cool. Um, well, I guess it's your best friend. Shout out to the best friend. Um, who <laughs> was your... I'll tell yeah. her to listen. <laughs> <laughs> who is your favorite Sailor Scout? No, who's, who's our favorite Sailor Scout since, you know, for fun? <laughs> well, hers used to be Sailor Saturn um, for the longest time. And she, I know she cosplayed as her a couple times. Um, I couldn't tell you if that is still her favorite to this day, um, but it was for a long time. My favorite is 
uh, probably Jupiter. Um, I actually modeled the main character of my very first novel, Cinder, was modeled after Sailor Jupiter uh, because I just always loved her and I loved this idea of a girl being super badass and strong and a fighter and everyone's scared of her. But then you get to know her and she's just a softie and she just wants to have friends and find love and belong. And I just loved her. I love that trope too, for sure. And that's so cool because I'm Cinder is you know, based on Cinderella, um, a retelling of Cinderella. So I'm like thinking like, man, that's a really cool mashup there. Like Sailor <laughs> Jupiter, Cinderella. <laughs> I am here yes. for it. I love it. <laughs> And Sailor Saturn is also an amazing choice. Um, yeah. And I know I heard that you used to write some fanfic. Um, but before we get into that, uh, do you have any favorite episodes or moments from Sailor Moon? Oh, gosh. Um, you know, the first season was had my heart. And that was like all of my fanfiction took place during the first season. And pretty much every time Serene or Usagi and Mamoru were bickering with each other and where they just were you know calling each other's names and all of this and yet you could read that subtext between the lines and the way that she would look back at him and I just like got such a kick out of that and my happy romantic heart was like I can't wait for them to fall in love um so yeah I don't know that I have like a, a top number one this is the moment but pretty much every time that we saw them in their civilian forms just brought me so much joy and fed that creative spirit in me. And I was just desperate to see them get together. Yeah, I totally feel that too. I, I really like them and they're civilian. I like the civilian stories in general. And they're yeah. just like outside of the, the scouts. Yeah, um, yeah. And I was always, you know, not I don't know if disappointed is the right word, but I always wanted them to realize that they had feelings for each other before they realized their alter egos yeah and yeah and so I was always kind of annoyed that it didn't happen that way that they learned about their alter egos and then had you know finally confessed that they had feelings for each other and I always was just convinced that no they had feelings regardless it wasn't just about being the prince and princess it wasn't just about being the superheroes and so that was pretty much all of my fan fiction was about that. <laughs> I love that because I actually never thought of that. That's true because there was some like attraction there and there was some kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm intrigued. But they yeah. never like fully commit or like, all right, I'm in until they get their memories back. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it would have been cool to see them kind of get together before because then it's like, OK, it's not just because we're destined to be. It's actually because like we actually like each other. Right, right. Which in my head and heart, mm-hmm. that's how it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I'm here. With, I'm with you. I agree. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we mentioned your fanfic. What? Um, so I know you mentioned it was, took place mostly in the first season. Um, what do you remember? Any storylines you had? Are there any still live? <laughs> Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You can still find them all. Um, They're on fanfiction.net. My pen name at the time was Alicia Blade. Um, Love it. So people can definitely still go check them out. Um, I don't make any guarantees on quality. That was like 20 years ago. (laughs) It's okay. Um, All that matters is the feels. (laughs) Yeah, no, and they were... 
you know, they were pretty popular at the time. Um, so I don't, you know, it would actually be really interesting for me to go back and read some of them. I really have no idea how I would feel if I'd be like, yeah, this is actually really cute. Or if I'd be like totally embarrassed. Um, but I know that I had so much fun writing them and yeah, just, it was really for me kind of the kickoff into my writing career and gave me just so much confidence and being in part of the community was huge and learning to write to expectations and write on deadline and try to take it seriously. All of it was just really, uh, really influential for me. Yeah, that makes some sense. And I, I did find it. I am definitely going to read something here <laughs> at some point. Yeah. And I will say, so yeah, the majority of them were first season um, based, but I do have a number of kind of alt realities as well, um, including some that were fairy tale inspired. So if people are uh, familiar with my fairy tale novels, that might be of interest for them. Yeah, definitely. Oh man, I'm like looking at the uh, little descriptions and I like it. It's like Serena and Darian decide to play an innocent April Fool's joke on Andrew, but who is really being fooled? And I'm like, I want to read that. I do. <laughs> I want to read it right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I hope that you'll enjoy. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I will. <laughs> so it's cool. Thank you for indulging me. Um <laughs> And now you, as you mentioned, like you have 13 best New York Times bestsellers, like more than 4.5 million books sold, books in over 30 languages. <laughs> and you oh have a gosh. new book coming the statistics out. Statistics make me sound super important. <laughs> you are super important. You're doing things. <laughs> um, you have a new book coming out. Um, how did you come up with the idea for Gilded? Yeah, so this is my retelling of Rumpelstiltskin and I have loved fairy tales and especially like the the darker Grimm's fairy tales really like my whole life um I was given a book of fairy tales when I was five or six years old and just became fascinated by these stories and so that's just something that I've kind of grown up with and have loved for so long and but even as a child, I remember Rumpelstiltskin was one of those stories. It was one of my favorites because I thought it was so bizarre and I loved bizarre things. Um, but I also felt like there was a lot of unanswered questions in this story. And I was very unsatisfied with it in a lot of ways. Like I, I wanted to know more about Rumpelstiltskin. I wanted to know why does he want this child um, that he bargains for. I wanted to know... What becomes of the queen? She ends up married to this king who has threatened to kill her multiple times. And I just was not convinced that that was going to lead to a happy ending. Um, And then, like, their entire marriage is based on this idea that he thinks she can spin straw into gold, which we know is not true, but it never seems to be a problem. I don't know. I just felt like there's so many questions. And so it was one of those stories that was just kind of plaguing me and hanging out in my mind for years and years and years and then last year let me think timeline wise yeah so I guess it would have been early last year um I had started working on 
a new novel, um, which was actually going to be a retelling of Beauty and the Beast. And I got maybe 30 or 40,000 words into it. And I just started hitting a wall with this book and it wasn't coming together and I couldn't figure it out. And I was getting really, really frustrated. And then one morning I woke up and this shiny new idea about Rumpelstiltskin had popped into my head. And I just immediately felt like, oh, that's the book that I should be writing right now. And I had this idea of um, kind of twisting it around so that Rumpelstiltskin is not the villain, like he's portrayed in the fairy tale, but he's actually the love interest of the story. And the king has now become the villain character. And I got really excited and started writing it. So that's my book that's coming out now. I love that. I love a good love story. I do like the switch too, because I do think, even though the king, well, king isn't really portrayed as a villain, but when you think about it, like, yeah, he does threaten her life. You seem like an adversary, but really it's like, he's been threatening her life and like multiple times. (laughs) And like, like you said. It's really hard mm -hmm. to imagine that he's like the good guy. And oh, now that they're married, it's all going to be okay. Right. I don't know. Especially if she doesn't have Rumpelstiltskin anymore and he's not going to spin for the straw to gold for her anymore. So then it's like, all right, what's the king going to do now? Exactly. And that that is just totally (laughs) ignored in the fairy tale. Mm -hmm. It's just a lot of plot holes. (laughs) Yeah, full of plot holes. Uh, So I definitely have attempted to fill some of those plot holes with Gilded and answer some of these questions. I love that. I also love Beauty and the Beast. So whenever you uh, get get back to that, I I look forward to it. (laughs) Yeah, I'd say Beauty and the Beast is Mm -hmm. probably the story that I get the most requests to retell. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, it's very popular. There's no shortage of Beauty and the Beast retellings out there already. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know. I've definitely put that one on the back burner, but never say never. Maybe the solution that I needed will come to me one of these days and I'll go back to it. We'll see. When the time is right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I also received the Brims, Brothers Grimm's fairy tales book or a book um, when I was younger too, and it definitely let an impact on me. I think I mostly um, landed on uh, the Princess and the Pea. I would reread that story so many oh. times. I don't know why. Wait, maybe that wasn't Brothers Grimm. I got Hans Christian Andersen and the Brothers Grimm at the same time, and I mixed them up a lot. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. No, and I. Yeah. I'm honestly not. I would have guessed it was Grimm, but I couldn't tell you for sure. I'm not yeah. sure, actually. I kind of want to look. That is an underappreciated oh, it is story. It is. So it is Hans Christian Andersen, my bad. But oh, okay. I do okay. love both of those uh, fairy tales. Yeah. Yeah. Whatchamacallit. Group. Authors? Authors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, what do you call them? They are people. <laughs> so what do you think it was about Princess and the Pea that you were drawn to? I don't know. Um, I think I know the first thing it was that it was the shortest one in the in the book. So I think I was just like, oh, like I don't know if I'm gonna like this. Let me start off with like the shortest story. Um, like, oh, that's funny. Yeah, because Hans, he he could he could prattle on for a while. Yeah, and um, yeah. I don't know. I think it was just like this idea of this queen trying to trick her. And so like, oh, you must not be a real princess and like stacking these mattresses. It just seems so ridiculous. And like a, <laughs> having a pee underneath all of it. And it was funny her being like, still like, yeah, I'm still actually kind of uncomfortable. Like, can you, 
Right. Please uh, I something out. sleep all night, you poor thing. Yeah. <laughs> so and also like same thing where, you know, I guess with Rumpelstiltskin um and Gilded with Princess B, it's like, okay, like you are basing this marriage on the whether or not she'll fill this pee under a bunch of yeah. mattresses. Like that's that doesn't seem like a viable way to marry two people. But you know, what do I know? Right. <laughs> right. Yes. What have we really learned about right. this person? Yeah. <laughs> you are never gonna get a good night's sleep. Right. Um, <laughs> I guess that's princess material. Um <laughs> I'm actually curious. This came up in a previous podcast. I had a guest, um, Kayla Marie, and she's a big Little Red Riding Hood fan. Mm. And we were trying to figure out, like, would you consider Sailor Moon a fairy tale? Oh, interesting. I mean, it absolutely has some of the hallmarks of fairy tale, Um, even just the girl discovering that she is a princess finding her prince defeating evil um you know taking down the wicked queen i mean there's a lot of crossover there um and i know when i was writing fan fiction i mentioned that i had a couple that were inspired by different fairy tales it was really easy to blend them <laughs> um, you know and so i don't know that it could like what is the definition of fairy tale and does it fit that? But I absolutely think that the storytelling format has a lot of similarities and it makes sense that someone like me or like you who love fairy tales would also fall in love with this, you know, story that has so many of these same themes and ideas and just does it in a really powerful, epic way. Exactly. That's, um, I think where we kind of landed where it was like it, it has the princess, it has, you know, the queen, it has, you know, all these different elements and one true love. And it was like, oh, actually, it kind of falls into a lot of fairy tale tropes that we love so much. And I just thought, that's cool. Yeah, no, it definitely mm-hmm. does. And also just even the, the character arc for Usagi and how she starts out clumsy and, you know, kind of gets picked mm-hmm. on and, you know... As she goes through, she has to gather her army around her and she has to gain confidence in herself and, you know, all of these, you know, very much a kind of typical hero's journey that we see in fairy tales. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, thank you again for indulging me. I I think you're, I think you're right. But yeah, I think, yeah, it makes me happy though. I'm like, oh, it's a nice, another way to view Sailor Moon that I never thought of before. Yeah, I'd never yeah. thought of it either, actually. And then here's something you may also have not thought about. Um, what Sailor Scout do you think Rumpelstiltskin would be? And I guess... Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, is that Rumpelstiltskin from the Grimm's oh. Fairy Tale or Rumpelstiltskin from you know, my that, book Gilded? Because they are two very that different That is a characters. very good point, yeah. Um, let's do both. And I guess the... Um, the the uh oh man i'm forgetting her name but the she's not a princess but the um the main woman lead oh serilda yes from my book <laughs> um gosh uh i don't know <laughs> i think my first thought for 
Guild is what I call my Rumpelstiltskin character. Um, my first thought is Sailor Venus, and now I'm trying to figure out why. Why is that the first one that popped into my head? Um, he is kind of a, a mischievous character and very cheerful, um, even though he has lots of reasons to not be cheerful, but he doesn't let them get him down. And for me, that that has a lot of the archetype of Sailor Venus in it. Um, for Cyrilda, she is my, my storyteller character. Um, are any of the scouts storytellers? Huh. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. That's a good question. <laughs> maybe Sailor Neptune. I feel like she would like to tell stories, yeah. maybe. Yeah. No, that sounds yeah. a good answer. The Pluto. She's yeah. seen a lot. Yeah, Pluto was kind of my thought for like the the original Rumpelstiltskin yeah. character potentially, just kind of more of a mysterious mm-hmm. figure. I could see that. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. I'll take it. And I, I messed up. Kayla's um, she likes Alice in Wonderland a lot, but uh, not Little Red Riding Hood. Right. No, I love mm-hmm. Alice. Also, I have um a book called Heartless, mm-hmm. which was a origin story for the queen of hearts um and writing in the world of wonderland was like some of the most joy that i have ever had as a writer like i'm just so grateful to lewis carroll for giving us that world. definitely yeah i never i don't think i originally thought of it as such a uh, a world that could be expanded on until i thought about it and you know all the different properties that have come out after that and there's like whoa like there's a lot mm. here expand on yeah no it really as a for a creator it just left so much open um and it's like you know in the original alice in wonderland we're given these fantastic characters but we learn very little about the world itself um like all we know is that every time alice walks away she's somewhere new right yeah <laughs> you know and so it, it really was great fodder for uh, creating an entire fantasy story out of it. And I had so much fun writing yeah, that book. That sounds fun. Yeah, I, I definitely need to check that out too. I was looking at your list of uh, novels and I was like, man, I need to catch up because all of this sounds so interesting. <laughs> That's the problem with being a reader. There's always yeah, more books. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, but I'm excited. I definitely will read Gilded. Um, and... It's Gilded, right? It is Gilded, yes. Okay, all right. You mentioned his character's name is Gild, and I was like, wait, have I been saying it wrong? <laughs> I was just like, it's <laughs> Okay. Because <laughs> I was like, I think so. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm really excited. I, I did get my early reader copy, so I'm, I'm, I did take a peek yesterday, and uh, the opening line already got me, so I'm, like, really excited. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I hope that you'll like it. I'm sure I will. Um, and then, and we kind of spoke about writing a little bit, but, um, want to talk a little bit about your podcast, The Happy Writer. Um, how did you come up with the idea for that? I thought that was pretty cool that you're talking to like other authors about their writing process and like the joys and writing in life. It just sounds really, really lovely. Well, thank you. It's, uh, been my COVID project, actually. Um, I had had the idea I don't know, for a couple of years, maybe. And, you know, it's funny in the writing community, like 
and we, we make jokes about this, but if you get a group of writers together, it very quickly devolves into just complaining and whining and I've got deadlines and my publicist's not getting back to me and my book sales aren't good and rejection and critique and blah, 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 blah. And it's good, of course, to have a community and people that you can talk about this stuff with. But I also felt like, but you know what, guys? Our job is actually really fun when you think about it. Like, what other careers are there where you just get to sit at your computer and make stuff up all day and go on adventures and create fun characters and all of this? And so I had had this idea for a long time about doing a podcast that would be, my idea was that it would be kind of like sitting in a green room with a couple of authors and just listening to them talk shop and talk career um, but with a focus on the joyful aspects of what it is that we do. And, but of course, nothing ever actually gets done <laughs> because there's always so many <laughs> things to do. And so it was just kind of this, you know, baby side project that I didn't actually think I would ever do until COVID hit. And suddenly all of our events were canceled. All of our, you know, travel and book conferences and festivals and all were shut down. And I was, you know, on social media and hearing about all of these debut authors who had new books coming out. And it's hard enough being a debut author and you don't have a platform and you don't have a readership yet. And you're trying so hard to promote your book, your first book, your baby. You've worked so hard on it. You're so excited to be here finally. And to have that book coming out in the midst of COVID when everyone is paying attention to this pandemic, my heart just went out to all of these authors. And so I thought, well, maybe this would be a good time for me to start this podcast and invite some of these authors on to talk about their work and hopefully get the word out a little bit. It's kind of like my way of you know, sharing the spotlight as much as I could. And that's what it started out as. And it's, we've been going for about 80 or so episodes now. And it has just turned into so much fun. I didn't realize when I started it how beneficial it would be for me just staying connected uh, to other authors and being inspired and learning new craft tricks. And it's just been really awesome. I love doing it. That's so cool. I love that approach too, because I think, um, like you said, like so many, like I, I, you know, I'm guilty of it myself where I'm like writing, you know, I had a, uh, I do journalism and I hope to dabble in fiction uh, in the near future. And I think every time I'm just like, oh, this is so tiring. And I'm like, oh, and I gotta have deadlines. I'm tired. But you're right. Like we still, like it is a fun thing to do is like happy that we can do it. And also like we, we, obviously must love it at some point like some level because we keep doing it or at yeah, least no that is so true yeah. and, and I will say like we try not to shy away from there are legitimate challenges and struggles with mm -hmm. being a writer and being published and like we're not trying to ignore that uh but also yeah you're right that it is it's a neat thing and why would we be doing it if we weren't passionate about it and if we didn't have you know, storytelling is just a part of us and you can't do anything else. You know, <laughs> if you could do something else and you would probably be doing something else. So for me, I find it much more beneficial to focus on 
that joy and the passion that I hold for writing rather than focusing on, oh, I'm so exhausted. I'm so drained. I, my editor wants this from me. My publisher wants this from me, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, I just think that perspective plays a huge role. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think, I think far too many writers ignore the positive. So I think it's, <laughs> it's a good space and it makes sense. Um, that's so cool. Yeah, to your point, like, similar for me, I actually launched this, I decided to launch this podcast in March 2020, obviously not knowing <laughs> anything that would happen um, after March 2020. But I, I started planning for this podcast in like January of 2020. Um, but similar to what you said, like, it's been such a like, nice way to connect with people, especially talking about Sarah Moon and like, amazing things people are doing and meeting new people, you know, through virtual ways and it has been like a nice um, silver lining yeah, or gold definitely. lining if we're talking about Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's so necessary in this day and age too. You know, there's, yeah, the world is weird and there's a lot of darkness and a lot of sadness. Uh, and I think anything we can do to bring a little bit more light, it's a good thing. Completely agree. Um, speaking well. And you also mentioned like you um, like love like other like manga and like other, uh, I think, I guess, nerd properties and anime. Um, can you name some of your other favorites? Oh, yes. Um, it has been a long time. Uh, back in the day, what were some of my favorites? No, Roroni Kenshin was one of my favorites. Uh, Cowboy Bebop was one of my favorites. We were like my best friend that I mentioned and I were in an anime, a couple anime clubs over the years. And yeah. And like anything by clamp, I was just obsessed with. Um, I'm trying to think more recently, just like general nerd properties. I mean, a huge star Wars fan. Star Wars was a big inspiration for, uh, the lunar chronicles, which was my first book series. And also Firefly, um, which is now like Ooh. starting to be old. But oh my gosh, I was so into Firefly and that was huge for me. Um, yeah, Firefly yeah. is great. Um, love also it. love that series. Um, and also I'm trying like the Lunar Chronicles is your like fairy tale retelling series. And I, I think it's funny, yes. like you're like Star Wars is the inspiration. I'm just like, this is just cross thinking so many things in my mind and it's making me really happy or like Sailor Jupiter earlier oh, it's, it's totally like if you can just imagine fairy tales and Sailor Moon and Star Wars all mashed up that's pretty much what the Lunar Chronicles became that sounds amazing <laughs> that sounds amazing now it has to like have to read it after Gilded <laughs> and get into that that's awesome um what advice would you have for anyone who wants to start write their own book or even start a podcast? Oh, um, well, so for podcasting specifically, I would suggest you pick a topic that you are really passionate about um, because it is a lot of work doing it week after week and trying to keep it fun for yourself and keep it original and keep your audience engaged. But if you are really into whatever it is that you're talking about, then that's going to going to help carry you through that and carry you through those times when you're like, is anybody listening to this? Why am I spending all of my time on this? Um, so that would be my advice for 
uh, a podcast. And I'm really curious, actually, knowing that you started yours around the same time. Like, what what was it about Sailor Moon in particular that you were like, I'm going to do a podcast about this? Oh, yeah. So before I actually was going to do a Magical Girls podcast because um I was just yeah. like, it's just something I hadn't really seen. And I was like, I feel like, you know, so much um, attention gets put on Shonen, you know, like Dragon Ball Z and Naruto. Um, and I was like, we don't really have um, the, as much love and attention for Magical Girls series. Um, but then I realized, like you said, like, um, it was something I was passionate about, but the amount of I think time I would need to like watch all these series and find guests. And um, a lot of the guests that we're finding were Sailor Moon fans and not necessarily fans of other shows. And I was just like, this is like hard. Um, And then it was just like really tough. I was trying to figure out like the, um, like what, how did I want to talk about things like the segments and, you know, all these things. And I think at some point I was like, well, what a note. And I think it said, you know, a lot of the guests I was finding were all Sailor Moon fans. So I was like, well, what if I just talk to Sailor Moon fans? Um, like, And I was just like, oh, that that actually sounds really fun. No, huh? <laughs> I was like, huh. That doesn't sound like work anymore. Yeah, I was like this. And then like, you know, everything just kind of kept together. I was like, oh, I can ask people to, you know, create their Sailor Moon says phrase and like this and this. And it just kind of just flowed. Kind of like, I guess, similar when you were saying you're working on your Beauty and the Beast and the Rumpelstiltskin story came through and this was kind of like that and yeah and it's just been really fun putting it together and that's that was kind of it because also just realizing the like vast uh variety of different people who like only had this like one thing in common and that's being a Sailor Moon fan like I've had like Sasha Banks who's like a wrestler on the show I've had like, <laughs> Saweetie who's like a rapper I've had you know authors like yourself um comic book creators um comedians and it's like it's just really cool it's like everyone kind of is like on these different walks of life but like we all love sailor moon <laughs> so yeah once that I, is incredible mm-hmm. i love that mm-hmm. yeah so it's really really fun it's been really fun yeah it's a nice. brilliant idea thank brilliant. you <laughs> sailor moon bringing people together since i don't know the late 80s or something yeah that sounds right. i think <laughs> early 90s but like well late 80s actually because that's when um they started recording it and so the, the oh, voice okay. actors are brought when together. When did the manga first came out? So, oh, that's a good question. Mm, yeah. yeah, I don't expect you to know that off the top of your head. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, as I'm And then you also asked, um, mm-hmm. what advice would I give someone who wanted to write a novel, I think was the other question? Yes. Or a series, um, actually, since you have quite a few. I, yeah, mm-hmm. I know. It's, they just keep piling up. Yeah. I would, what would I tell someone? I would tell someone to be patient with themselves um, and to be kind to themselves. Um, I think for writers and people who particularly have the dream of being published, which is a great dream and totally worth striving for, um, but we can get it into our heads where like, getting published is the goal and I need to run toward that and get there as quickly as I can. But I think that the more important thing to focus on is developing your craft and learning to tell a good story and learning to write a really good book and learning to kind of listen to your instincts about what kind of stories you're compelled to tell and what are you in love with, what gets you really excited and 
you know, where is your passion for storytelling coming from? And I say that because once you do get published, and as I've mentioned, like there are challenges, there are struggles that come with it. And getting that first book published is not the end game. Like the, the, your goal of, for most of us is to have a long career and to have longevity in this field. Um, and so once you kind of get there, if that was the goal that you were focused on, it's like, well, now what? Um, but if you're thinking more about, well, how do I find joy and maintain this joy in writing and, you know, kind of take care of yourself as a creator, then that's something that's going to carry you through your whole career. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that would be my advice to take your time to enjoy the journey and to stay focused on why you're doing this and why you love it. I like that advice. I think that's, I mean, it falls in line with what you said about the happy writer and you know, the reason you created that. And I think it's so true. Like some people can fall into so many things and like trusting your gut and just all of that. I think makes, makes yeah, a lot of sense. Which is really hard to do. Mm-hmm. And especially once you start having, you know, readers who have expectations, you have an editor who has expectations, you know, suddenly you've, maybe you've written one book, maybe you had some success with it. But do you want to take a total detour? And I mean, there's just a lot of times in writing when if you can listen to those instincts and your intuition and really follow your gut on things, then I think that's going to benefit you. But it's hard. You have to actually work to cultivate that. It just doesn't happen. Definitely. Yeah, I think. Well, thank you for that advice. I think that would be really helpful for all the listeners. Um and then, just like Sarah Moon had the Sarah Moon says phrase in every episode when you're probably watching with your best friend when you're younger, um, what would your <laughs> phrase be? So Sailor Marissa says. Sailor Marissa says, you can totally do this. Love it. Can never hear that enough because I need the reminder every day. <laughs> so, <laughs> Whatever this is, it doesn't even matter. Right. You can do it. Thank you, Sailor Marissa. You're welcome. (laughs) What is next for you and where can people find you? Thank you. Um, Yes, so Gilded is coming out on November 2nd. Uh, It is available for pre-order. And then I also have a collection of romantic short stories that I have edited called Serendipity. That's coming out early January. And next will be, oh gosh, there's so many things going on. Um, So the 10-year anniversary of Cinder, my first novel, is next year. And I am working on a really, really fun project. We haven't announced what it is yet, so I have to be secretive. But I am so excited for it. Um, So that will be dropping sometime in 2022. And then the sequel to Gilded will be out next fall. Um, as for where people can find me, I am mostly on Instagram at Marissa Meyer author, uh, and then they can find the happy writer podcast, probably wherever they are listening to this one. I love that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, that is so cool. I'm excited for this secret project. That sounds really cool already. Um, it is really yeah. wacky and goofy and like nothing else that I've ever written, but I really hope that readers are going to get a kick out of it because I know I'm getting a kick out of it I am sure they will (laughs) yeah I think 
that yeah i'm excited for all of those things um obviously gonna read gilded um and yeah that sounds just awesome i'm just really excited i'm smiling a lot (laughs) (laughs) good that's my goal (laughs) yeah Um, me too awesome yep you know sailor moon just does it (laughs) um and of course once again i am victoria l johnson and you can find me at miss old school it's old school with a k on twitter and instagram and you can find the podcast at Mooney's Club on Twitter and Mooney's underscore club on Instagram. And we have merch. We want to get merch at Mooney'sClub.com. And I'm also on TikTok, actually. I keep forgetting that. It's Sailor Victoria. So <laughs> gonna check that out. You can check me out there. And that's it. Thanks for listening, Mooney's. And thanks, Marissa, for coming on the Sailor Moon Fan Club podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Bye.